outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. Oklahoma. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Through the Keyhole postgame pod. We are back on the postgame uh, for today, and then it's going to be a gigantic desert of no post games until Keegan and I are down in New Orleans having fun for the Tulane game, more than likely. Hopefully. Oh, no, I have to break it to you. You're not going? This pod- All right, here's my current plan. I'm going to go Friday night and do or if we're going to have podcasts down there, hang out, whatever it may be. I'm going to go do that Friday night. My cousin of the family that you're aware of that are major OU fans. Yep. Right, like donors, major donors to the football program and university, blah, blah, blah. Daughter's getting married that Saturday. What the? Oh, no. Yeah. Don't yeah, they know the rules? Cousin. They do. This is the second time she's been married, and both times have now happened on OU football road games. Is she not an OU fan? So, funny enough, and I, because I know we're going to get into this, she was a gymnast at Arkansas, but obviously, oh. obviously is a diehard OU fan. Okay. Okay. I mean, you could, it could have been a, a week earlier and everybody would have, yeah, it's okay. That's it, what, I, that's what it, I'm saying. I guess it's, it's Labor Day weekend, you know? There you go. Okay. There are more important things to know you football, but this is the, through the key, keyhole post game pod. So obviously everybody here is excited that, oh, you played a football game and we all watched it and it was fun. And it actually, Keegan was probably one of the more enjoyable spring games that I can remember. It, it was just fun. I mean, part of that might just be because we didn't have the spring game last year. And this is just another kind of sign that things are slowly coming back to normal, hopefully. And then hopefully by fall, there's 90,000 people in that stadium. And there's no like, there's no like sentiment of, oh, look at all those idiots in the stadium. Like, look how dumb people are. Hopefully by then. Uh, we have a much tighter grasp on the virus than we already have right now. Um, you know, everybody, please, 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 please be smart. But no, Keegan, it was a fun spring game. We saw a lot, uh, a lot of the things that you and I have been talking about the last few weeks, you know, kind of individual stuff, uh, ability stuff. I think we saw a lot of it on display. Um, we're not, I, I mean, I don't think I have any more of a, oh yeah, OU's definitely a national title contender or winner after the spring game or they're definitely not i don't have those takes whatsoever uh but we had a handful of things that we talked about coming into the spring game we talked um you wrote it up on the spring game using friday night post which was exciting uh we'll probably be doing that come fall time football season so that was exciting so we'll probably we'll probably refer to some of the bullet points about the spring game as we get further along in this pod but uh yeah, everybody, thank you so much for subscribing, pledging. We've got a handful of new patrons since Tuesday. And for the inside OU <laughs> listeners, for the inside OU listeners out there, and obviously this is all like, you know, through the paywall. I'm still trying to figure I have no fucking idea what happened. I have no earthly idea what happened. It it uploaded and it didn't do what it was supposed to do. And I've sent tech support emails to like four different services and I've either gotten no help or not had a reply back, but Hey, it was Friday. So the hippies are probably like, Hey, it's, you know, it's the, it's the weekend. Fuck it. We'll get to it on Monday. So hopefully inside OU by next week is up back and running, but Keegan, just initial thoughts from the spring game. I mean, am I, am I crazy in that it was an enjoyable spring game or is that just me as a fan going, Hey, football's on TV. That's fun. I mean, I think the format made it a little bit more competitive than what we're used to, right? Like, I, I think that the defense, I mean, you could tell, like, Lincoln Riley was not nearly as, like, furious as it seemed like Alex Grinch was, which is always great to see Alex Grinch looking fired up on the sideline. I mean, it's more than just – it's it's a thing that, God, when the coach um, – like, when a coach is sitting there in a spring game setting looking like he's the drill sergeant – you know yeah. that you've got your hands on the right guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I – so I, I – that. And I think that it was competitive. And I think it was competitive and, and like, from the essence of what we talked like, these – a lot of the guys that played today are a lot of the guys that are trying to prove something. Like, A.J. Yeah. Rame and Chris Murray, they're trying to prove to be starters on this offensive line. Uh, guys in the secondary, uh, by the way, 
I know this, I haven't told you this and I was going to wait to tell you this number 12 in the secondary. He's been pretty damn good. He had some moments today that was like, even Keegan goes, I know it's a spring game, Keegan, calm down. But number 12 in the back end of that secondary talking about guy vying for a starting job uh, Q Lawrence is pretty damn good. He, that guy's going yeah. to play football a little bit. And so I think that, I think it brought out a lot of that. And I think we just, we touched on basically everything that we needed to heading into it. And so I, yeah, I think that it accomplished what needed to be accomplished. We saw what we needed to be seen. Caleb Williams was on ad was there to be advertised for the first time to everybody. And really like for the most important thing, I bet it was a shock to some people that are close to Caleb Williams Brady to see him play football again. It's been two years or a year and a half. I mean, he hasn't played football in a long, long time. So to see him be comfortable, be, you know, as good as what we all thought he would be was good to see too. Yeah. And didn't look very visibly rusty at all. Now I'm sure if we broke down the film and coaches that have a much better understanding of the X's and O's of football than I do, I'm sure they'll be able to pick apart his game, but just, from the standpoint of a fan watching on TV, he just looked like a natural athlete out there. Just looked all the bit exciting. And yeah, so we got a quarterback competition headed in the summer, right, Keegan? Is that what Lincoln Riley's gonna say? I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny. So if if there was any entertainment in that, the fact that Lincoln literally did nothing but give them pre-snap reads and do quick game for 30 straight minutes does not help the idea that there's a quarterback competition. If there was a real quarterback competition. I, I would guarantee you it would have been a lot more complex today than what it was. I mean, it was, Oh yeah. It today was like, today wasn't even Missouri state vanilla Brady. Like this was a new level of vanilla that I have. I, I don't know if I've, you know, I, I guess I got to think back to some of the spring games, but like, I can't think of a time that it's been seriously that basic. I mean, it was like, okay, if they're running, if it looks man, you're throwing it here. If it looks like they're running zone, you're throwing it here. And like both quarterbacks did a really, really, I mean, and uh, Bowens, whenever he got his chance in there, um, did a good job. Nut Brady, the quarterback competition wasn't to be the starter. It was to be the backup. And I think Lincoln Riley oozed you a little bit today with that. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was, Fairly surprised to see Caleb be the second quarterback um, off the bench after Spencer Rattler. So I think that kind of puts all to like puts to bed like all the oh yeah Lincoln's Lincoln's going to be on his bullshit and just trot out Micah Bowens when OU's up what forty five to three against Tulane in the third quarter. It's like I came all the way down here, put Caleb Williams in the damn game. We didn't even see Micah Bowens until well into the second half, right? I mean, it was like yes. Ben Harris was the third guy off. He played a few, uh, went down out there on a few drives. Oh my! Did, he when you Midwest City, Carl Albert, Carl Albert, yeah, Carl Albert, Carl Albert to four straight state titles. I think, yeah, he's go. got he's got all sorts of stuff. Uh, when Micah Bones was running around and ran out of bounds on that one play, did it just was like, is he trying to be Kyler? Was like that the whole gig of like when he was <laughs> leaving high school to come to Oklahoma? Because like the way he trots with his ass sticking out a little bit and the way he throws and like the yeah. way he runs and I don't know, I'm probably giving him a little more crap than what I should, but I thought it was like, I was like, man, God, that looks like, like, you know, we, we make jokes about like great value versions of players. So like, I was like, man, that looks like, you know, the, bite-sized version of what Kyler Murray kind of is. Well, I mean, uh, but I mean, we don't need to get on this, but I'll just say, cause you just say great value version, but like my first thought when Eric Gray scored that touchdown was that's great value. Joe Mixon. Now great value. Joe Mixon is still very fucking good. Cause Joe Mixon is incredibly talented, uh, but we'll get to the running backs in a second. Let's just kind of get, you know, the big stuff out of the way first with Spencer Rattler. Um, before we went on Keegan, I, I just straight up asked you, um, did, did we see enough out of the spring game uh, for us to have the thought that, okay, all those little minute details that we've talked about all offseason, even during the season last year of like looking forward to the offseason, if Spencer rather cleans up X, Y, and Z of his game, he could really unlock the potential of being a number one overall uh, player drafted in the NFL draft, Heisman finalist, if not the like the winner, leading OU to a national championship, all those things. Maybe at this point, it was unfair to expect us to be able to see those improvements in a spring game now that it's come and gone. Uh, but I mean, I'll be honest, like 
I wasn't too thrilled with Spencer's performance, and this has nothing to do with Caleb Williams. Like, I'm not going to sit here and go, Caleb Williams is like the legitimate quarterback competition or throw Caleb in the second OU is down 10 nothing uh, in the fall once football season starts. Like, I'm not going to be like that. Uh, but there were just too many, op- there were just too many times where when Spencer was on the field, OU would be down in second and 20 or second and long, third and long. And a lot of that was just kind of due to the fact that Spencer still just doesn't want to let a pl- play die sometimes, or he just doesn't want to dump stuff off and get to, he thinks getting it the way he plays. It looks like he just sees, I don't, I would rather try to go for the home run ball than just dump this off for two yards. Cause two yards is boring. Uh, but I mean, I, I don't know. It's a spring game. I already pointed out on the Friday post that Sam Bradford threw a pick six and three interceptions in the spring game heading into his Heisman Trophy season. Uh, but I, I guess my big takeaway from this was all those improvements that we want him to make, we probably shouldn't have expected to see them in a spring game. No, and I think I've even said to you, like, I don't expect to, to have that answer until after OU plays Texas in the Cotton Bowl. I just... I, I, yeah. I think that, that that's the defense that if there is somebody that's going to give him problems at some point in the season before they play Baylor, it's going to be what Pete Kwiatkowski does at Texas. No, I, there was one play today where they ran a mesh hide, and, and people that listen to this that do know football will know what I'm talking about. They'll send both receivers underneath the linebackers. They'll send two receivers underneath and then pull a guy right behind it that'll try to pull the linebacker one direction. And he tried to fit a ball into Jeremiah Hall that he could have dumped to a Cody Jackson or Mario Williams, I believe, or were running those routes. He could have taken that. But again, it was already second and 20. And it wasn't his fault. It was there was a holding penalty. And, you know, like, I don't mind him because if that's Austin Stogner and not Jeremiah Hall running that route, which is what it will be during the season, that's six six, not six foot one, six two. And that's probably a big play. Gets Oklahoma into third and four, third and five, opposed to maybe being in third and 10, you know, third and nine. So it just depends. You know, that those things are there. There was, you know, a couple instances I think that people could have pointed to. There was another, I think it might have been the play I write immediately after that. Kennedy Brooks was out, you know, kind of came out from where he was at in pass pro came out into the middle of the field, maybe could have dumped it off there, but there was two guys around him. And then I think a lot of people are going to point to the RPO that Caleb Kelly batted down. I mean, we're so past the point of like Brady, we can't give defensive players. Like, and I'm not trying to sit there and make like a, not like the, he made the right read. He did everything on that play. Right. Caleb Kelly just saw that. I don't know. I guess if the only thing that you could say is he could have sold it a little bit better, got Caleb Kelly further down, closer to the line of scrimmage, so it could have opened up a bigger window. But at the end of the day, I, I think where I'm at is that I, I was at – I told you before we came on, right, I wanted Lincoln to just let him air it out. It's a spring – like, let the kid – he hasn't kind of been in this controlled and fun environment. Let him have some fun. I think that – you know, on the big play to Mario Williams, we talked about this before we came on. Like, I mean, Bray Walker kind of got put on his ass by Ethan Downs and Mikey Henderson didn't block a soul after he, after the play action. He had a guy in his face. There's probably, if, if there's not a guy in his face, Mario Williams is probably wide open for a touchdown. And then you also add into this too. Like, Jeremiah Hall had two drops. And they would have been first downs. Yeah. And then he also had the back shoulder throw to Mario Williams on the first drive. That was a dot. I mean, if Jaden Hazelwood's the one one running that route or Marvin Mims, do you think that ball's caught? I, I, I mean, I think it's nine times out of 10 that ball's caught. I mean, it's just – Mario Williams is probably not even 19 yet. I mean, so it is what it is. It's a spring game. I love it. But I want to say to your credit, I think that there's a – because of the third down short issues and the short yardage running game – it, it would it's not crazy. It wouldn't behoove, I don't think, Lincoln Riley to start thinking of stuff. Hell, maybe getting both quarterbacks on the field and doing something weird like that. Like, the other thing, too, and I know we're about to get into that, but I want to finish on the quarterbacks. Again, if there was any sort of worry or anything today, it wouldn't have been just straight quick game for 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean yep. – 
that also could speak volumes too about the offensive line, but that's also going down a rabbit hole that for after a spring game, I'm not willing to go down um, because typically coaches pull out the, okay, we're going to get rid of the football in five or in a second because we can't block anybody. Uh, but it's probably a spring game and there's nothing much more to it. But yeah, that's, that's kind of where my head's at right now with quarterbacks and no, I'm just happy that Caleb looked comfortable. You know, that's what we said, right? Every time that we've talked about Williams so far this spring, based on everything we've heard that he's comfortable, man, that he clearly has a, an aura about him. He has it right. Which is what Lincoln Riley's looking for. And he showed that today. And I'm, I'm glad he did because it, it's a lot better from, you know, uh, trying to project things, it's a lot easier to go, okay, 2022, 2023, you feel a lot better about those now maybe than what you did this morning when you woke up. Yeah, uh, Spencer Rattler finished 6 of 14, 116 yards, and about 50 of those yards were on that Mario Williams, DJ Graham up for grabs ball. Um, but, I mean, I mean, you're right. Like, they didn't really let Spencer Rattler showcase any ability to show that he made those improvements. Um but I guess getting to Caleb, because, I mean, outside of Eric Gray, maybe Billy Bowman, uh, the, the the defensive line's depth, That's prob- those are probably the big stories from this game. Uh, so Fucking we- Marcus Hicks is trotting out there like, yeah. like oh, God, this guy's still here too. Yeah, Caleb Williams finished 10 of 11 for 99 yards and a touchdown, uh, 42 rush yards on the ground. Uh, but, I mean, what did I – say the entire time leading up to the spring game, Keegan, like the one thing that I think you could take away from like the quarterbacks for sure is just how athletic is Caleb Williams. We hear that he's fast. We hear that he's athletic. Well, Spencer Rattler technically is athletic too, but we all know that when it comes to running the RPO, uh, if defenses have done their homework, they really shouldn't be that afraid of Spencer Rattler taking off. Zone, zone reads. Reads. Yeah, yeah, zone reads, excuse me. They shouldn't really be that afraid of Spencer Rattler taking off because he can make a guy miss. He, he showed that against Oklahoma State, but when he gets in the open field, he just doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have that special ability. He's not overly fast. Uh, but Caleb on the first play just showed everybody like, yeah, that athleticism, that speed is legitimate. So when his time does come, the zone read, um, running from uh, the quarterback running the ball, at least that element of the offense will return. Um, And along with that athleticism, Keegan, I mean, his arm was every bit as impressive uh, as it's billed to be accurate, strong armed uh, scan the field that touchdown. And you kind of, you told me this before we went on how he should have thrown in a little bit earlier because the guy was wide. Was it Jackson Sumlin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a pop pass. Yeah. It was just a typical pop pass, but I just love just hit his ability. Like, the way his head snapped from the left side of the field to the center of the field, just him scanning the field. Like that's rare. Even, even though he's a five-star superstar recruit quarterback, that's still rare. And for him to show showcase that, uh, like you said, not playing as much, not playing football for a long time in basically what his 10th practice, his 15th practice, whatever, how many practices OU has had, uh, his third or fourth scrimmage overall for him to show that just gives you the, the mindset that, Man, OU is just more than they are more than comfortable at the quarterback position for years to come now. Ye- year, I mean, and then you just go down that line, right? By July 1st, Oklahoma probably has Malachi Nelson committed. I yeah. mean, you know, like you know, this is we are gonna actually we're gonna do a podcast probably on this here soon, just about this the craziness that this is. But I mean, it's just a, it confirms that for from 2015 to 2023 now, you can feel confident in saying Oklahoma's had NFL quarterback play. And that's even me including the 19 season, right? Like starting NFL quarterback caliber play has been played at Oklahoma and it's going to continue to be that. I, I To what you're saying, I think the, the arm, like it's clear that like, I don't know if Caleb Williams' arm will ever touch what Rattler's is just from the easiness of what, how Rattler throws it, the zip that he has. But I think the, the whole off-platform, like Caleb Williams threw like two or three balls today where his feet weren't set, like in, in the out route to Drake Stoops um, is, was one of them. And his feet weren't set. He still made a strong enough throw to be able to throw across the field on an out yeah. route, which is extremely, extremely impressive. Um, you know, so I, I think that, again, it's very obvious that there was either one of two things going into today, Brady, either Lincoln knew that the offensive line was about to just get wrecked 
And it was like, okay, we're not going to do anything crazy, let the quarterbacks get hit. Oh, by the way, there's a play where Daryl Simpson blocks a player into Caleb Williams as he releases the football and drills him in the side. And you can see Lincoln in the background. Lincoln in, Lincoln in the background is like, what are you doing? Uh, but it was a uh, – no, it's football, just coach. so good to be able to talk about football, man. God, I'm so happy. I, I, I told you I'm a lunatic. I've already gone through the game basically once. <laughs> and I know you had some questions for me during the game, and I know I'll answer them. But, yeah, it's uh, – I'm just happy to be able to talk about football. And I think, like, with the quarterbacks too, Brady, I mean, it's it, – you shouldn't – like, the conversation right now should not be of who is better, who could be the starting or should be the starting quarterback. It's that – Holy shit! You've got three more years of this crap. If you're an opposing, if you're if you're an OU fan, I would feel, man, we've got three, we've got this year, next year, and the year after that of this. What? Yeah. Like, I don't care. Like it, you know. So I, I know that, it, like I said, that it's clear and obvious that there is a actual conversation going on by even not just like you know. I think there's some smart fans that are even like man, are we sure? <laughs> yeah. Are we sure this Caleb Williams isn't, isn't as good? And it's just like, guys, like, you know, they, they weren't asked to do go beyond one read today. They weren't asked to do much of anything. Um, but it felt – if you, I feel a lot better today. Like I said, better right now than when I woke up this morning about the future of a quarterback at Oklahoma. I feel a lot better. Yeah, because, again, you're, you're, you're not going to win a national title walking out of the spring game. Like, you're not going to have that thought. But when you have nothing to go off of, like with Caleb Williams, hell, we didn't have that much to go off of with Spencer Rattler heading into Missouri State outside of just a handful of garbage time opportunities in 2019 for him. So whenever you just see positives, like it really kind of trumpets home the whole like, man, he is a five-star super recruit and he really showed, showed why. Um, but like the thing with Caleb, and this is the other thing we talked about before we started recording, I think I don't think it's that crazy to now think or predict or assume whatever you want to call it that once the season starts once we get into the season would not be shocked if we have like a Caleb Williams package you know just something similar to 2017 where you have Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback and then Kyler comes out there you know randomly against Ohio State he came out there um, I believe in another conference game but then in the Rose Bowl they had Baker and Kyler on the field at the same time I don't know if we're going to see that with Spencer and Caleb but I would not be shocked. I mean, hell, we, we saw Chandler Morris uh, on his own read in the Big 12 championship game on their first scoring drive to score a touchdown. So with what Caleb can bring to the table athletically and then with his arm, I think that outside of just garbage time opportunities, I think we're going to see a healthy dose of Caleb Williams this fall. Of course, part of injury. Yeah, well, yeah, like I said to you before, like I, I, if they have the short yardage situations and they struggle again this year, like, of course, like you're going to want to get a quarterback in there that you have faith in that either you hand it off and he knows what he's doing in the, in the zone read game or that he's capable of being able to pull it and get something out of it. Like, I, I think that aspect of the game can't go unnoticed. Um, they've got to do something with the field. I'm so sick and tired of seeing people slip. Brady, like this is an on – I know this is off topic, but like Rattler had a chance today to maybe get an edge and get a big run or this or that. But I, like he slipped. And there's like two or three other players that slipped again today. I don't know what that's about. I don't know if well, that happens on most fields. But I mean, it's, like go back to all the home games the last two years. Like Oklahoma's had a problem slipping on their own home field, which I just – it's mind-boggling to me. Sorry, I can probably I, topic. I could probably answer the question for you. Um, this game and then last year. Um, I mean, it just rained three days in a row and it was just soggy outside. Today, it was like wonderful weather. It was it was great. Um, I didn't go to the stadium, but for those there, I'm sure they all enjoyed themselves. So I'm sure that played, played a factor. And remember last year, oh, you didn't play a home game in October. So they played, they played, they played against Kansas State, lost in what, September, then went on the yeah. road. Went going to Dallas, of course, technically on the road, neutral site to play Texas. And then by the time they get back to play home games in November, it's already cold and it's been raining. And so that's why like Memorial State, like Owen Field, like people slide all over the place at the end of the season. I've always just assumed it's like weather related, not nothing really to do with the grass. But I assume because I saw players slipping around today. I'm just like, yeah, it's soggy field. 
Yeah, but I'm with you. I, I think that we're definitely going to see something. But that's also, you know, to the point, like, if Oklahoma's capable of getting that second and third and short and in the red zone and scoring at the goal line, like, I don't think it's going to be something that's in the works from week one, right? Like, I don't, I don't see Oklahoma putting that in against Tulane or Nebraska or, hell, even on the road at Kansas State. If, it, if they are having issues early in the season – and Lincoln needs to go to something, I don't think he's afraid to do it. I mean, hell, I'm on board of why aren't they doing more Wildcat stuff like they ran They ran it once against Kansas State last year, and it was like they didn't run it again. Like, you know, like they have packages in there. They need to take advantage of it. They, and I, but I just don't think we will see it until it's like, okay, we need it. I don't – because you take that quarterback off the field, you know how Lincoln doesn't like to sub – you know, he, if they if that sub quarterbacks, then the defense has a chance to substitute themselves. So uh, it's going to be an interesting conversation, but I'm with you. I, I think that you're looking at something. He has to be involved somehow. And I think that's the mentality a lot of people have right now. Um, you know, and like, I'm not going to sit here and think it's crazy. I mean, Lincoln Riley pulled Spencer Rattler in the first half against Texas. Let's not forget. Like if Rattler does stuff like that and then Caleb Williams comes in and just takes it and goes like, I it's on that's Rattler's fault. Like, that's the you know? that's the fear if you're Spencer Rattler. Like if you don't yeah, make been pulled once. If you don't make those improvements that you and I have been screaming about for like the last six months, if you those don't happen and you have a bad first half in a game and Lincoln decides to pull you, it's not Tanner Mordecai going out there. It's Caleb fucking Williams. And so that at least for the game, it could go bye bye starting job. Now moving forward after that, yeah, I mean, we're getting too ahead of ourselves, Keegan. So um, unless you had anything to add on the quarterbacks, I thought I thought we could just get into the skill position guys overall. Uh, because the hell, why the hell did Ben Carson or whatever his name is come on the field before Micah Bowens? I want that's the only ben question Harris. I would ask. Ben Harris, yeah, what the hell? What a freshman walk on trotting out as your third quarterback is not great. Maybe he pract- <laughs> maybe he practiced better now. Maybe he does. It, it really seemed like Lincoln Riley just did us all a favor and just was like, okay, I've got to check some boxes to start the game off before we can really get going. So get the ball to Eric Gray, line him up as a wide receiver, and then throw the ball to Mario Williams. All right, fuck it. Now we can play football. Everyone's happy. I I think it was interesting, too, uh, from the aspect of he had to get a reverse in there. Of course, it Oh, my God, I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be our reverse in there. That's going to be our first T-shirt is stop running reverses. Stop getting cute. Yeah, stop, stop being cute. And it's just like a picture of a picture of Lincoln's face with like Ray Bans on. You know, so I uh I think that you know it was so weird that like the first play of the game, they're an empty, right? Like they're in five wide. I was like, what? Like, well, we haven't seen this in a long time. Like, I can't did they even go five wide in 17? I guess they ran it some with Jalen, but I I can't remember the last time that they they ran five wide like four or five times today, Brady. Like, like that. I don't know. It doesn't make much sense. But to your point, Eric Gray was lined up out wide on the first play of the game, and again, Rattler found them. And I think that's something that we're gonna see. And seeing Mario Williams today, man, they hyped up his speed. I, you know, we saw it on that one play on the catch and run that he had. That it was like, okay, he's got a little, he's got a little juice to him. Um, but I, they really hyped it up. I don't know if we necessarily saw it today. I hope we see it during the season. Yeah. Didn't someone say that he could be the, one of the fastest players Lincoln Riley's ever coached Lincoln Riley is telling people that like, he may be the best receiver he's ever had. So, I mean, take uh... that, take that as you will. So starting, let's go to the first play starting lineup. Stogner was on the field. Hazel was on the field. Mims was on the field. Williams was on the field and, Eric Gray was on the field and they were lined up in five wide. So um, I'm assuming that was probably what's your starting rotation kind of looks like without Theo Weiss in the conversation right now. Um, you know, so I, 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 I'm along that line. I think Kennedy Brooks, as we saw today, like he was honestly Brady, he knew the play was going to open up for him. And he was like, offensive lineman, please go. Go get up field. I want to run behind you, but yeah, I think it was, I'm with you. I think they made a pretty significant 
And it's insignificant. It's not insignificant that Eric Gray and Mario Williams were tagged a lot today from Lincoln. As, uh, as we've mentioned, they're in a uh, hot recruiting battle for a guy that's going to play a very similar role uh, within Oklahoma's offense. So that's no surprise to me. Yeah, no question. And both players, I mean, I, I have no idea what Mar- like Mario Williams' impact is going to be on the team uh, come fall because there will be guys that didn't play in this game that will be playing a lot of those snaps. And if Eric Gray really brings what we saw today on display – to the table in the fall consistently, then Mario Williams is just more than a luxury piece. He's just a cherry on top of a luxury piece. So I don't know how consistent he's going to be in the rotations, even though the kid's incredibly talented and has all the potential in the world. But I mean, I agree with you. Like I, I think I may, may have just expected like superhuman speed because what I saw today was just like, he, he's, he's fast. He's got juice. Like you said, but uh, uh, he's not Hollywood. He's, he's not Hollywood fast. He, um, Marvin Marquise Dish. wasn't that fast yet, though. Remember, because like Marquise, that's true. Like, it, it took him. It took him a minute. Yeah, the Baylor game, his last year was the game. It looked like his feet were floating on the grass at Owen Field. If you remember that, it looked. Yeah. It literally looked like a blur. Like his feet, like looked like my fingers do right now. Um, you know, so yeah, I was a little. Not, I'm not going to say underwhelmed, right? Um, I think that you know that one catch and run where he caught it and then kind of got and got past the linebacker was pretty impressive in terms of his explosion but yeah that top end speed wasn't necessarily on display but again I think you know this is getting to this is really getting in the weeds here but on that double post and I told Brady this before we came on if if Mario Williams would have kept that more skinny which is what the first guy that's running the post is supposed to keep it more horizontal to bring the safeties down and then this is this is on the big 50 yard uh, pass catch right yeah the interception by DJ Graham that was called a catch yes that one yeah um Mario, if Mario Williams runs that more skinny, more vertical towards the field goal post, opposed to like the pylon at the end zone. Yeah. And Rattler doesn't have pressure in his face because Ethan Downs got shoved Bray Walker back into him and then got held. Uh, If that doesn't happen, that's probably a, a, we're sitting here just going, just jaw drop, ball put in the bucket. I mean, I, I bet that's exactly what we'd be talking about. But those are the little things in a spring game that on tomorrow's film review with the team, I guarantee you Lincoln's like, Mario, hey, if you run this a little more straight, you run by everybody because no one can catch you. But whenever you run at an angle and they can keep, they can catch up to you because football players are smart at this level. So, you know, I, but it was a, uh, I think it was a good performance by both those guys, right? Like you got what you wanted to see out of both of them. I mean, poor Jordan Mukes got put in a lose-lose situation with Eric Gray in the middle of the field. I'm not going to, I'm not going to down Jordan Mukes for that at all. Um, but I think we saw what we need to see out of both of those guys who are two guys a lot of people were excited to see. Yeah. Um, I mean, who, I mean, in your opinion, I mean, Jaden Hazelwood's like one-handed catch is the exciting thing. Caleb Williams' athletic display and just overall display uh, is going to get a lot of people talking. Uh, Eric Gray's just ability, the touchdown. Uh, awesome. <laughs> I mean, but who won like the skill position day, like in your opinion? Oh, I Hazelwood. That it's just a it's just a firm reminder that that guy's a really good football player. I and like I said, this is nothing against anybody. I understand if you're like I'm a little hesitant because I haven't seen it. Now I'm a little bit. It sucks from being on my end whenever I have that tape from 19 and I'm see that he's open a lot and they're not getting him the football. Um, I understand, like, it's hard for, because I'm like, gosh, dang it. He already showed us it, you know? So I, I, it's hard for me, but I, it's just a firm reminder. This guy could play football, man. I mean, if he practices last year, does he catch that back shoulder throw that Rattler threw him in the big 12 championship game? The, at the, on the last drive on the third down when, when Riley threw it and it was an incompletion on the right side of the field. If like, like do the, does, if he's practicing more and he's not hurt, like, does he catch that? Probably. So I, I think it's just, again, a, a firm reminder that good luck. Like, you get him and Mims and Weiss on the field together. I mean, it's going to be a very tough time for defensive coordinators. And uh, I, I think Hazelwood, it, he clearly – the only thing that worried me was he was a little gimpy after that catch. Yeah. That, that I was, was not good. It was a little weird he wasn't playing with a brace because every time we saw him in pictures in spring practice, he has that brace on. And that's why, like, on – I think – 
I think it was the inside OU podcast that we ended up putting on here uh, out of necessity. Um, I was like, if he's wearing a brace, like don't play him in the spring game. Like don't put yeah, him in after a- that catch. I was like, get him out, out yeah. of here. Get him out. Exactly. So we saw what we needed to see and anything with Jaden Hazelwood, like that caliber player on this offense, like really it's just going to come down to, can they play and perform at their level that we know that they're capable of, but can they do it as the guy? Cause we just haven't seen that with Jaden Hazelwood. So that, that's not a criticism. That's just a fact. Like we're, that's something we don't know until we see it because he's always been a luxury piece uh, in this receiving core. And then last year, not necessarily a luxury piece, but just an added bonus because he was out the entire entirety of the first half of the season, pretty much the entire season. So uh, hopefully Jaden Hazelwood has, hopefully he just gets locked in a, uh, in a room full of pillows all summer and don't get hurt. If you don't I hope get they hurt, massage his knee every other day. Like, Hey, come here yeah. for an hour. Don't go practice. Don't go lift weights. Let's get this knee fixed. Let's get this knee. Let's get this thing. Let's get this brace off your leg so you can go play a little bit. Just my, my two other little observations. We don't need to spend this much time on it, but uh, Marvin Mims's catch and then run upfield. It amazes me how tough he is just with his frame. When he like, like he ran into a brick wall. Like he had that catch. He turned up feel about 10, 12 yards and then lowered his shoulder. Cause he knew he was about to run into some like two or three guys and he pops right back up. And I'm just like, how is that skinny dude that tough? Like he's not just a guy who run a nine route. He's way more than that. And he showed that tonight today. And, but that was another example, kind of like you are with Jaden Hazelwood. Like when I saw that, I was like, get him out of the field, like in my field, no more, no more, no more. He showed it. And then, uh, What's his name? Jaden Knowles, running back? Yes. Hell yeah. A He's the winner. G major. Yeah. Have you seen his videos he puts on Twitter? I yeah. Think awesome. That's awesome. That is so cool. No, um, showed a, he showed me some stuff. Like if OU is literally going to be choosing between like Marcus Major, who, you know, okay, third down back, or okay, third option at back, I should say, um, assuming Seth McGowan has shown the door. Jaden Jaden Knowles showed me some stuff today. I'm like, hey, he's got some nice speed. I mean, your big clip on Twitter was that he stuck your boy, Clayton. Oh Smith. my lord! Yeah, all five like, foot uh, seven of them. I was like, I literally was. I was sitting there rewatching the game, or no, I was added the re, the recorder on, and I was sitting there, and I like played it, and I like stopped it, and I was like, that's not right, and I was like, okay, is that twenty five or twenty three? And then I replayed it, and it's like. 25 you know like i was like holy shit he stuck that guy yeah completely stuck him which is wild that one he has the nerve to do that and two that his body allowed him to do that like it's it's fascinating but it it just kind of reminded me of what we kind of experienced a few spring games ago when marcel sutton uh jumped onto the field and showcase some ability, but he's so buried on the on the depth chart at running back that you just think, okay, that's just a nice little spring game performance. And Marcelo Sutton came um, came on that football season, I think it was 2018, and was able to make some plays. He was able to make a solid contribution to uh, the team, given his status, uh, his pecking order, or his status on the pecking order, I should say. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson also kind of liked that as well, because in his first spring game, he was just so buried on the depth chart that you just think anything that you see positive is just like, well, he's the third, fourth, fifth guy in that room. Does it really matter? And then they get the opportunities in the fall and they still showcase it. So, you know, I guess all I'm saying is just keep an eye on Jaden Knowles, not, not suggesting any type of star power, any type of gigantic impact, but would not shock me if Marcus Major just can't get the job done as the third option. And it's truly the Kennedy Brooks, Eric Gray show would not be shocked after what we saw out of Jaden Knowles today that, Hey, early on in the season, he can make some tough runs. So not as bad, not as bare a cupboard in the running back room as I previously thought I can say. I think it's it's still a little bare, right? Like not to it's what not you where it needs to be. Right it's now. not where it needs no. to be, though. No. 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 And like obviously that's going to continue to be a concern as long as it's a concern. And you gotta love it. The puppies are I have to let them in and they don't like it whenever I talk. But I'll finish up so Brady can get you guys. They, they like football. They, they like do. Football they too. they they love it. Um, you know, so I think that what you know what we're looking at, especially with the running back position, that 
Eric Gray is going to be who he is, right? And so is Kennedy Brooks. And we talked, and I touched on this in a long piece and about, you know, the personnel problem kind of Oklahoma has, right? Man, we saw a lot of two back today, Brady. And I think that that's something that could give Oklahoma a lot of success, whether it's Eric Gray taking the ball or Kennedy Brooks. Today it was Brooks blocking and Gray getting it, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah, and I mean, that's going to be one of the things that you've talked about, one of the questions that we've kind of riffed on over the last few weeks of just the potential of Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks on the field at the same time. And just on paper, it makes a lot of sense because they're two completely different backs. Um, you can alleviate the the thought of maybe having two tight ends on the field, which, like you said, it kind of inhibits the ability to pass the ball downfield. So if you've got versatile guys in terms of their how they complement each other, Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray. Um, we saw that already in the spring game. So that bodes well for those prospects moving forward, uh, going into fall, fall football season. Uh, but do you want to touch on the offensive line? I mean, I don't really know how much we can judge just because of the guys who were out, the guys who were in, I mean, you have Andrew Rame start at center. You have Chris Murray at right guard, uh, Marquise Hayes, Eric Swenson, and Wanya Morris, the Tennessee transfer. Am I correct? Those are the starters? Yes. And I thought it was interesting that it was Chris Murray at right guard, right? I think that, like, if Chris Murray, for me, if he wasn't starting at center, he was probably not going to start. It was a little shocking to see a guy like Robert Congold not even come out with the second group, right? Like, that was a little weird. Um Given all the, given all, not necessarily hype, but just we've heard his name a lot this uh, spring. So yeah, I love the re the reps he gave at center. Um, I have it on right now, but on this last drive with Micah Bowens, he does a really really good job. I think Wanye Morris was he showed exactly what we needed to see. He's athletic. He can climb to the second level. Yeah, and he is big. I mean, big. Uh, so yeah, I, there wasn't a ton to show from the running game, just from the aspect of they didn't run it a whole lot today. I think that was out of reason. <laughs> I, you know, you don't want your, uh, you don't want, you don't want Eric Gray or Kennedy Brooks going down today, especially, exactly. especially, I know, I know you're going to be like, Oh, like Eric Gray, especially Kennedy Brooks. Cause if Eric Gray, if you know, day's not going well for him, you'd know damn well, you can just give the football to the Kennedy Brooks 20 times and he'll be, okay yeah. yeah. Um, I think you can have the opinion that Eric Gray is probably he has a much higher ceiling, ceiling than Kennedy Brooks just with his versatility alone. But I think Eric Gray realizes his potential much easier as a one B option or a one A option, depending on whoever's hot that day. Like you need Kennedy Brooks if you're Eric Gray to fully realize your potential in this offense because it makes it that much more dangerous. Like uh, as a defender, like who the hell is going to guard him coming out of the backfield if you've got Stogner, if you got Hazelwood. And he's as good as we think he is. Marvin Mims, uh, Kennedy Brooks on the field, and Eric Gray. It's like who the hell covers him coming out of the backfield? Yeah, I don't know. Brian uh, Mead. Brian Mead is the answer, like the Brian Mead of the opponent. I know we're about to get you know, kind of switch it over to the defense, but I thought along the offensive line, I think you didn't see anything negative, right? Which is which is a positive um, with what we've been hearing out of fall camp. Not seeing any issues up front. Uh, Swenson going down, getting replaced with Bray Walker. Stacey Wilkins nor Anton Harrison played today, Brady. So, you know, you can't yeah. can't hang your hat on Bray Walker getting kicked out to right tackle and kind of getting whipped up on by some people. Like, that's going to happen. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I want to see more and continue to see more, but we're not going to see more until Tulane. We're just not. And that's, well, we that's can, where I'm at. We can buy a drone, you know. We're almost a, we're almost to a hundred we're almost like four hundred bucks a month on the Patreon page, so uh, uh, we can get a drone. <laughs> we could. Yeah, there you go. And Lincoln um, would have us assassinated tomorrow. It will have a self destruct option if it's intercepted. <laughs> Just poofs into smoke. There's um, a joke there to be made that I'd never mind. My quick aside before we get to the defense of the three Tennessee transfers, who looked the best out of the three? Oh, number twelve. Oh man. I, I like I like that you say Key Lawrence because it's really easy to say Eric Gray. Dude, the play on that the Bryson Washington uh, had the play on Austin Stockner today. Yeah. So on that they ran a little double move, a hitch and go with Jeremiah Hall, got Jess, Justin Harrington to bite, but Key Lawrence 
opened his hips from the opposite side on the other hash mark, opened his hips, kept his eyes in the backfield, and slid just enough to get into Rattler's point of view. Rattler then – Jeremiah Hall got Harrington pretty good on it. And Rattler saw it and then forced to throw to Stogner because that's all he had. And, you know, like, Key Lawrence has made that play happen. Like, you don't – it's wild to see a DB that has that kind of instinct and physical ability to be able to do stuff like that. And I'm not saying Pat Fields couldn't, but what are the odds that Pat Fields probably is more flat-footed and lets the play kind of happen, right? Like, that's the biggest difference that it's, there's a difference between being in position and then getting into better position. And Key Lawrence was getting into better position a lot today. And I know that spring game, hot takey, it's only, you know, 12 drives, however many it was. But if that guy could, that guy finds a way on your defense this year, he is going to do wonders for you. I think he's extremely, extremely talented and extremely smart. Well, let's stick with the secondary uh, turning the page over to the defense. I mean, DTY played well. I mean, he played like I expect DTY to play, which is just solid, not make a lot of mistakes. Okay, like fairly good in the run game. Uh, Okay in other areas. You know, he's not going to blow you away with any athleticism, but he can get the job done. Uh, Pat Fields, of course, out with injury. The big, like, revelation to me, Keegan, Billy Bowman looks more... He looks more than just kind of a, oh, yeah, we'll just throw him at Nickelback to, quote, get him on the field, unquote. He looked like a legitimate guy who's played Nickelback a lot in his career, just defensive back, because he looked very natural. He had great instincts uh, defensively. He was swarming to the football when the when the ball wasn't going his way. Uh, he was able to shed blocks fairly well. I mean, just everything you heard about him athletically just screams football player, and he looked like a football player. Like I'm not saying that he's going to overtake anybody or be a starter, but Jeremiah Cordell better be as good as Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch said that he was this entire spring because if he doesn't make the necessary improvements, Billy Bowman, from what he showed me today, if he just keeps improving, would not be shocked if he not overtakes the position. But if he has to play for a true freshman to play that position, I'm not that concerned. I'm not as concerned as I would be if you just told me, hey, you're starting Nickelback or a guy who's going to be in there heavily rotated is going to be an 18-year-old true freshman. It was very apparent that Marvin Mims and Rattler weren't on the same page on the play that everybody's going to point to, but it was really good man coverage. Like I'm not taking anything away from it. It would have just been a veteran move by Marvin Mims to say, Oh, you, you know, we're running a back shoulder throw. Okay. We're going to throw it over the middle of the field instead. And it would have been open if Rattler would have seen it because Mims gave up on the back shoulder, but it was still good coverage. And I didn't get to check. I haven't checked much on what Bowman did in the run game today which is obviously the most important factor in this because Buki was good in coverage. Um, it was good in coverage 90% of the time. It's just the 10% were so damn glaring <laughs> that everybody yeah. noticed it. Uh, you know, so I, I look at Bowman and I look at a guy that he clearly from a physical – where I was talking about wanting to see him move on the field. He belongs, right? Yes, like, that's – that's like the big question for any 18-year-old true freshman. Do you belong on the field? And if the answer is yes, the mistakes will happen. But what a great foundation to start from that you look like just another one of these guys who belongs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was a big thing. Like I, 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 was, I was prepared for Bowman to look small today. And he didn't. He didn't look small. He looked like he, again, was about as big as what everybody else in that secondary was, and he looked as big as the receivers that he was covering. Now, it'll be a telltale sign whenever Bowman goes up against a six-foot-five guy in Charlie Kolar um, at Iowa State. That's a different animal. It's a different beast, or if, if, even if it was Stogner today. Um, you know, so I, I'm excited to kind of get to see him grow. I wouldn't say that, like, Jeremiah Cordell kind of showed the same stuff throughout his two years. Now it's in limited reps, but I I think he's shown kind of the same things. And I'm sure that Alex Grinch is going to give him every opportunity when he returns based on the comments he had at the beginning of the spring. Right. I would assume that Grinch is going to give Cordell every opportunity to get earn that starting job, but there is a depth issue at wide receiver and they're not even, they're not even thinking about moving him over there. So what does that tell you? Right. Like, that tells that should tell you everything you need to know about what they think about Billy Bowman as a as a D as a defensive back. And I think that he showed some things today that should get a lot of people excited, specifically how he moved in the kickoff return game, 
because that kind of electric, you know, ability with the ball in his hands, that typically translates to playing defensive back really well. Um, even that more so than playing running back or playing wide receiver, a guy that kind of has that natural instinct because punt return and kick return, man, like, yes, there's skill to it, but typically the best guys at it are guys that are natural at it. And if he's natural at that, that means he's a natural football player, which means that he's got a chance to be a really, really good one in Oklahoma. Yeah. DJ Graham, great reps, Jaden Davis, some great moments in my opinion. Um, outside of that, like the secondary looked, I mean, you already hyped up key Lawrence for everybody. I mean, the secondary looked as good as we've assumed it was going to be. Um, didn't necessarily see that much, uh, from the linebackers, but again, like with what the offense is being asked to do, I don't know if we could have seen that much from the, from them, you know, from outside of just a coverage standpoint, they didn't run the football that much. So we didn't get to see them and run stopping opportunities as much. Uh, but Deshaun White looked a lot better from a physical perspective. Deshaun White looks like he's cut that, you know, it kind of looked like he was carrying some baby fat well, a year like, ago. I was going to say with him, like with quarterbacks not being able to get hit and them, so them not running as hard as they would during fall. I, the thing with Deshaun White with me is just when he gets asked to be the QB spy, like don't get juked out of your jock, man. So you, we weren't going to find that out today. No, we weren't. Um, I do want to touch on this about the maybe in the secondary, something that we didn't. We both failed to forget, not just we, everybody, that Bryson Washington and Joshua Eaton are good football players. Yes. And have a, and, have, hey, and when they signed, after we all were excited about what they could potentially become at a place like Oklahoma, maybe like we're – with the way Oklahoma's recruiting, I'm trying to think of this from a philosophical perspective. It's like, okay, Damon Harmon, a lot of people are excited about him now, right? Okay, well, Bryson Washington, we they, Oklahoma signed him a year ago. Like, yeah. you, you know, Damon Harmon's going to have to earn that over Bryson Washington. Oh, Latrell McCutcheon, a lot of excitement today, right? Joshua Eaton trots out there in front of him um, and looked good today. I know he had a pass interference, but I think Josh Eaton looked a lot better than what I would have imagined him to at this point in his career from a physical perspective. He's put on some good weight, um, which should translate over the next couple months. Um, you know, so I thought it was interesting. I don't know. We haven't gone through the starting defense, but Jaden Davis and DJ Graham, Billy Bowman, Key Lawrence, DeLaren Turner, Yell were your secondary. Deshaun White, David Aguebu were your linebackers. And then Benito, Winfrey, Ellison, Grimes was your defensive end. Yeah. We'll touch on Grimes. We'll touch on that in a sec. But I just want to add on the linebackers. Yeah, not a lot today. David Aguebu looked like his normal self. I hope that changes by next fall. I, <laughs> I want him to look like a superhuman. He yeah. already does, but I want him to like – when Kenneth Murray flexed in the UCLA game and is like, like yeah, I, I want David Aguebu to be able to do that. And it looked just absolutely intimidating. Um, he's not there yet. So he's got work to do. I may tell him that actually don't tell Mike Halk. I said that <laughs> anyways, I, uh, I, I think that every guy kind of looked the part Shane Witter was a little underwhelming today, but I'm not going to take a ton of stock into that. It, you know, kind of is what it is, but I, I know you're about ready to ooh and awe about what the defensive line's about. They're just fucking deep, man. It, it's it's so fun it's to be so able, dumb. It's, it's so fun. No, it's it's fun to be able to say that as an OU fan. Cause again, I haven't been able to say that sentence since even like even the Gerald McCoy defensive line, it was great because of Gerald McCoy. Frank Alexander, also a great player, but it wasn't I don't recall it being very deep, especially after Demarcus Granger got hurt. So this defensive line's just ability to just platoon guys who can kick ass every play. Like, good luck, Big 12. Good luck, anybody. And again, that just makes the linebacker's job easier. It makes the secondary's job easier and allows them to just be football players. Like, you don't have to think too long. You don't have to worry about where your guy is because the quarterback is probably running for his life already, and you can just run around the field and do what comes naturally. Just play football. Oh, you secondary and linebackers over the last handful of years haven't really been able to do that until very recently. And a lot of it's just because of a great pass rush and great interior uh, play by the defensive lineman and the nose guards. So they looked everything like th of everything that we knew and greatly assumed coming into today, the defensive line, like got the gold star. Brady, I, I want to start with a, a negative here and I hate to bring, and I know I'm always the bearer of bad negative Nancy Keegan, but if Reggie Grimes is the backup defensive end, I think that's a little concerning, 
right? Like, I, yeah, I'm not sitting here that we saw something today from Reggie Grimes that was like, oh, Lord, like, that's a problem. It's like, no, like, it's not. But there was a lot of people that were hyping him up after last year, and his tape really wasn't as good as what people were leading, you know, telling people and, like, were led to believe. And today it was like, man, I was hoping that he kind of thinned up right? Like I don't, I didn't want him to be as big as what he was. And, you know, so I I think you saw Noah Renze today a little bit. Uh, I think you'll see, you know, maybe Oklahoma tries to do something with that. I I don't know what it could be. Um, Clearly Isaiah Thomas is your dude, dude, dude at defensive end and Jalen Redmond's your defensive tackle, but would it behoove them to maybe do something? And I know I've been against this Brady to maybe move Redmond out to give Thomas a break and move somebody inside. I don't think it'd be crazy, but to the positive now, and I said this earlier off topic, fuck Marcus Hicks is on this football team. How do you get snaps for that guy? Yeah. How, how do you get snaps for a guy like Kelvin Gilliam next season? Like how do you get snaps for Clayton Smith? How do you get snaps for an insert backup? Laurent Stokes was a big 12 uh, newcomer of the year defensively. I think two years ago, like how do you get snaps for that guy? Like, Corey Roberson looked like a monster today. Jordan Kelly looked like a monster today. And we haven't even talked about Perry on Winfrey. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like you said, like, it, it's, a, it's, such a, it's such a thing that, like, how do I say this? You know, heading into this season, and I've said this before in the past, Brady, is like the mentality for me whenever I project and I think about Oklahoma, right? It was, okay, how is somebody going to stop Oklahoma? That was the prevailing thought. That was the narrative from 15 to 19, right? 18, until Alex Grinch was hired. Now, before I go into every game, it's how is someone going to block Oklahoma? And I think that the job that Calvin Thibodeau has done, the job, you know, he was obviously been here a long time before, the job that Jamar Kane has done since he was hired, the job that Alex Grinch has done, the how good they are up front is the difference between them being – you know, pretenders, right? What Lee Corso said in 17 to being contenders yeah, exactly. and being a real one. I mean, this group has a chance to be elite of the elite, Brady. It's a lot of fun. It is definitely a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I mean, the defensive line, they can stay healthy. I mean, I, I think to your earlier question about how do you get snaps for the, all these younger guys that will need them because OU is going to be losing a lot of guys after the season. I think this is just kind of a bigger team picture of like this team really needs to kick people's ass to force, you know, the hand of Lincoln Riley to be like, all right, put in the younger guys. Uh, No more of this. Hey, we were up 21 to nothing, but now it's a game in the third quarter. It's like, no, in the game in the first half. So Clayton Smith can play in the game. So Marcus Hicks can play like stuff like that. But um, let me go back to our post from last night, Keegan, and we can just kind of hit this kind of fairly quickly before we get out of here just to answer our own questions that we tried to answer on paper uh, yesterday. We'll see how they aged uh, after the game. But the first question that we had was if there was a guy who could change your perception, good or bad of his trajectory at Oklahoma tomorrow, what would it be? And you said Nathan Rollins Cabange. And I said, Justin Harrington, and I'll defer to you, the X's and O's wizard uh, for (laughs) for those two players. I will say of like, I will say of Cabange, Dude looks like an old school football player because of the big ass pads. He looks like right? somebody, he looks like he looks like Torrance Marshall, someone who could be playing on the <laughs> 2000 team. It, it was awesome. I'm I'm at a point with him that I smart idea of I'm kidding. You know, this sounds like me going after him. Smart idea of him to be wearing sleeves today because we didn't get to see how big his arms were. Mm-hmm. That was very smart. Um, <laughs> anyways. No, I, I, I had nothing changed. Um, you know, he, I thought he was pretty explosive. I think that he's got great length. He did look the same size as everybody on the defensive line, which was sort of my point, right? Like ahead of time. But again, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it, it's not something that now I'm sitting here going, Oh Lord, this is a, you know, uh, what's his name? Something Troy, Troy. Anyways, he was the defensive tackle from Louisiana a couple years ago that, was six listed at six four showed up at six foot and was like okay you're gone we can't we can't have this um 
So I don't think it's a situation like that. And then, so with Justin Harrington though, I, I just don't think we got a chance to see enough. I mean, they didn't yeah. attack him. A, they didn't attack him a ton. He looked good. I mean, he looked natural. I just don't know, like, again, like how much of, from a philosophical thing in his head is his brace affecting him? Like yeah. football then of over every other sport, that brace is going to be in your head. Can I make this play? Can I do this? Can I, do I have the ability to do what I was doing without it? Right. And those kinds of questions always pop up in your head. And uh, it's kind of, it puts them in a tough spot where, you know, I, like, he was running with the third group today at corner. Like that's, that's not where he should have, that's not where he should be at this point in his career. Uh, and we'll see how that kind of rotates as things go on. But I, I thought that was a negative today, Brady. I don't think, you know, what you wanted to see in terms of how his hips were, in terms of how his feet were, how his speed was, how explosive he looked. I think some of those things were answered. But the concerning thing was that he ran with the third group instead of like the second group or even rotating it at nickel. Um, I thought that was a little bit concerning, but maybe I'm looking too much into it than what I should have. And then this can be a quick yes or no question because we already talked about the offensive line uh, ad nauseum, but did we actually learn anything about them? You said that you thought we were, and I said that it truly depended on who was playing. And I thought just from who started, we could. And in my opinion, kind of what you were saying earlier, uh, we didn't see anything bad. And that was with the guys that were out and how we don't know who the starting center is going to be for sure. Who's going to start where Chris Murray starting or platooning in. I think like we didn't see anything bad and that was good. Yep. That's my, my entire opinion. I think that you look at this offensive line group and you saw some things that like I saw Chris Murray and Wanya Moore stood out to me today. Right. Like Andrew Rame did a couple nice things. Robert Congle, I think had some good reps whenever he got in. But for the most part, there was when you leave a spring game and you have nothing to say about the offensive line, that's typically a good thing. Now, the third one, can oh, is there any way oh, you could quote unquote lose the spring game outside of injuries? I said, no, there's no way unless people start getting hurt. That's the only way you can lose a spring game. And your big concern was just the lack of depth, potentially at receiver, secondary, offensive line. Did you like what you saw today? Wide receiver, does it not concern you that that second group that runs out there is Jackson Sumlin, Devin Staten, and someone else? I forgot who the – and uh, Major Melson, Nelson was a part of that yeah, group. Yeah, uh, something like, like that. Like, does that – is that not concerning? Like, that concerns the absolute shit out of me. Go find two more guys in the portal at receiver, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, like, they, already, they already got one who wasn't going to play today. How much does that actually help? Oh, no, just yet. We'll get into Mike Woods on Tuesday's pod. I'm down. Yeah, and you've got your uh, film review of him up for the $5 patrons as well. Uh, that went up about a few hours before kickoff, so that's been available for everybody. So hopefully you all enjoy that. Uh, for the last one, Keegan, it was – well, actually, it was just more of a thought that I had. Who was the spring games Carter Whitson, Adrian Tanell, Trey Matwire player of the game? <laughs> I, I I said that it was I just guessed it was gonna be Marcus Major. You guessed Cody Jackson. I think it's fair to say that we were both wrong. Speaking of Cody Jackson, man, he is a lot bigger than what I thought he was. Yeah, like I, I just pictured skinny fast guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, he is way bigger than I thought. Way bigger. No kidding. Um I think it's either you can Jackson go, someone. Give it to the kid. You know, he fits that description, but I think when people leave the spring game, if they ever want to recall it in their memory banks, they'll think of Caleb Williams, Eric it's 13. Gray. 13's um, your player of the game. You're probably your star of, I mean, again, you're, you're literally having people like reputable people like that are even not, I mean, obviously we saw somewhat of what our good friends that do the podcast say today, but like people that I trust are even like not that don't cover Oklahoma that aren't with Oklahoma that are like, uh, are we sure? Right. Like they're questioning, like, are we sure that it shouldn't be this guy? And, you know, for even him to have a, a, a you know, a, we knew it would happen, Brady, but for even for us to sit here and, and be able to talk about him extensively like this is a win for him. I mean, it's a win for the program, um, and it's a, it's, it shines a bright light on what 
could end up being a really, really, really strong three-year run here uh, by Oklahoma because obviously there's going to be no drop-off once Rattler leaves, and there's obviously hasn't been much of a drop-off since Baker left either. Well, that sounds good for me, man. By the way, that was four years ago. (laughs) God. Well, we talked enough about a game that doesn't matter, but we we saw a lot. We watched football. That's the fun thing about these games is like you can make fun of them. They don't matter, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, we got to watch football and talk about it afterwards. I now have... Hey, you want to touch on the conference realignment? Shit, that... I guess it doesn't matter now, but... Let's say let's say that for Tuesday. I mean, the off right, season is the off season is long, Keegan. Let's let's tease it for the future. But um, yeah, OU's offense defeats OU's defense 30 to 29 or whatever the fuck the score was. Weird uh, structure change at halftime um, thanks to the head man, Lincoln Riley. I guess he just couldn't, couldn't watch his offense lose. Uh, but good stuff, Keegan. As well, uh, one another reminder that the Mike Woods film review is available uh, for the $5 patrons that is available. I'm going to probably watch that either tonight or tomorrow when I'm bartending at Vanessa House trying to make some money. But um, until Tuesday, everybody, thank you all so very much for continuing to pledge onto our Patreon page through the keyhole. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, please uh, help spread the word about it. The Facebook page, uh, retweeting it, sharing it, whatever you can do on Twitter. We would greatly appreciate that. We've slowly built up some more patrons over the last three or four days. So that's, of course, great news. But we are going into the desert of the off season. Got some projects that I'm still kind of working on. One thing that's kind of almost finished uh, just for extra fun content uh, for the page uh, during the long off season. Hopefully you all enjoy, but uh, thank you everybody for listening to the post game pod. Can't wait to do them once they, once they actually count in a handful of months, but for Keegan Renault, I'm Brady Trantham. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you later.